podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet. This is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hello, everyone. Kayla Lords here with the amazing, wonderful, my best good friend, Molly Moore from the Smut Lancers podcast. We're back for another week. Just the two of us. This episode goes out uh, very close to Eroticon. Um, now, Ooh. we are time travelers, so we're recording in the future. Yeah. But can you imagine what Molly of the future right before Eroticon is going through thinking what what is happening? No, as- no, I can't. So let's cross over that. <laughs> Because that sounds like trauma. <laughs> so moving swiftly on. <laughs> okay, I'm. Uh, we're gonna leave that alone, y'all. Y'all heard that? We're just gonna leave that alone. Uh, let me remind you, we do have a programming note that we have this episode next week. You will get to hear me by my my damn self, which always makes me sad. And then we will have a week off because nobody was gonna ask Molly Moore to record shit during Erotica. <laughs> And then we'll be back in the first week of April. So just a reminder, nobody panic if you don't see an episode. We did that on purpose. Okay, so uh, this episode is our mailbag Q&A. You ask, we answer to kind of the best of our ability questions um, on being a smut lancer. Uh, I will remind you of a couple things. One, anytime you have a question, feel free to shoot us an email, send us a DM, reply to something that we have tweeted or blogged or whatever. You can ask your question at any point. We compile these. We'll answer them hopefully in one of these episodes or it'll become its own post and to, to make sure that we cover the topic. But two, um, if you want to get questions answered faster and with um, more than just one viewpoint, you can always join us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the smutlancers with an S at the end, the smutlancers. Uh, if you join the $5 tier or higher, you get access to our smutlancers Slack group where conversations are always flowing. We have an entire channel thread. I forget what it's called just for questions. <laughs> um, and we, we all, everybody participates, uh, who participates in the Slack channel, we're all answering each other's questions and helping each other out and encouraging each other. And it's all there. Patreon.com slash the smutlancers. Okay, let's go ahead and get into the questions. Let's see how we do with this. Uh, The first question comes from somebody who I'm not familiar with and their handle is at CC and then a huge string of numbers. Uh, Nobody, I'm not going to even go there. But thank you for the question. If you're listening, um, they asked, uh, what are the best practices to defining one's writing uh, niche or audience? Or is it best to approach Uh, Or is the best approach to write what I like to read, so just writing for me? What would you say to that, Molly? Um, So I think that's the place to start, is to write 
for you, essentially. Like, write what you want to write. That's the place absolutely to start. Um, You will, I think, write better stuff. You will want to do it. You have something to say. So say what you have to say. So the thing that's calling to you, the subject that's calling to you, that I would go with that absolutely as your starting point. And from that, I think you will develop the rest. I think your voice, in inverted commas, and your brand and like what you feel are like is the focus of what you do will come from that as you grow and learn and find your way and are like actually I realize that I I've written about all these different subjects but the subject I find myself writing about most often or that people have started to get to know me for is because I write about um my mind has gone blank. <laughs> I write about um, male submission. That that's your topic. That's what you predominantly write about. Again, like like even with the, when you have have that, I think we all have times where we're like, oh, I'm writing about this other subject today. I'm not writing about what I'm mostly known for because I have something to say about something else, and that's absolutely fine. But so I would say start writing the stuff that you feel drawn to write that you want to say something about that is burning to leap out of you and onto the page or in this case the screen um start there it will inform and lead you on to find the answers to those other things I have nothing helpful to add to that. That is exactly, (laughs) that is exactly, I will say I'll use myself as a case study. I started out writing about masturbation and orgasms back in 2012. And that led me down multiple paths. And now I have way too many websites, but I am not, that's not, I'm not there anymore. Seven, eight years later, I've, I've figured out other things. So yeah, you, uh, if you worry about coming out of the gate, writing like the quote, perfect thing before you even started you've already stunted yourself you've already slowed yourself down you've already put up barriers so write what matters to you keep writing what matters to you ultimately i think we should constantly create content that matters to us first and foremost the audience of course is important but they're secondary um in that sense but what you Mm -hmm. don't know what you're going to want to create until you start creating um and you don't know how that's going to evolve over time until you start doing it because it'll lead you down paths you could not even fathom before you started so agree completely okay so the next question um we're gonna give their uh twitter handle because neither of us can uh are sure we could say their name and this person it's it's somebody that we you know chat with and know and i feel really bad but at queer courtesan i can say at queer courtesan i I need a pronunciation guide. You know, I do. Okay. So their question is been reading about blogging from non-sex niche people. I always refer to those people as vanillas, but I thank you. That's you've, you've said it the correct way. Um, and a lot of them focus on things like using lead magnets to generate email lists, creating courses, etc. Do you think the things that pop up in non-sex niche blogging works in sex blogging too, or is the field more personal? I have definite thoughts. So do you want me to to go with this? Yeah, sure. I do have a couple of thoughts, but yeah, you go first. Okay. So I'm, I, the reason I'm like butting in and going, let me talk first is because I created two separate sites because of this conundrum. So first of all, 
absolutely what what I'm going to say vanilla because it's just how I, I reference it. What the vanilla online content world does can translate to the sex content world. Um, uh -huh. And I would even say in some circumstances, yes, it can translate to personal sex blogging um because it does not necessarily translate well or easily that is why we have a site called loving bdsm but we have a site called the smut lancers because i wanted to do exactly that so for anybody who's like what the fuck's a lead magnet a lead magnet is the thing you offer to bring mm -hmm. somebody in you want them to subscribe to your uh email newsletter you want them to sign up for your this you want them to pay you for that it is the there's that's the the hook it's the hook. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here with me. I would be stumbling. Um, <laughs> and so it's very common. Anytime, if you've ever gone to a site that is very much a non-adult topic, it's about, you know, knitting or crocheting or it's marketing or it's whatever, somebody, a pop-up has shown up and is like, hey, if you give us your email address, we will send you this free thing, right? That's basically a type of lead magnet. Um, oh, sign up for this free webinar and you'll we'll teach you these skills. And then within the webinar, they try and sell you a thousand dollar product. That's a lead magnet. Absolutely. That can work in the, in adult content. It is more difficult if for a sex blogger, but it is not impossible. Why is it more difficult in adult content? First of all, it's because we cannot always use all of the tools that are yeah. available in the vanilla world. Uh, you've got to read the terms of service very carefully. Some are very clearly and adamantly no sexual content. Some are so vague that you're basically just taking a chance. You have to go into it knowing they might shut you down. Um, but also the offer is sometimes different. So example at lovingbdsm.net, if you're kinky and want to be around other kinksters, we offer a lead magnet. If you sign up for our subscription, our, our newsletter subscription, you get to download a seven or eight page, yes, no, maybe BDSM checklist. Okay. We have another lead magnet of a free 30 day program, uh, 30 days of DS. You can do it for free. You give us your email. We don't sell that stuff. We don't spam that email, but we have it. So when I put out the second version of 30 Days of DS, which will not be a free program, that offer will go first to that list because they've already shown interest because they did the first 30 Days of DS program. I have not developed that program. Don't anybody get excited uh, or dread it. Smut Lancer, if you sign up for the email newsletter, you get a workbook I put together about how to pitch your writing from content I'd already created. But I also did it for a while at KaylaLords.com. Very much a sex blog. Very much of here are my boobs, right? Here's here's my partner's penis. Like that's what that site has become. And for a while, when I had a newsletter, I did that. I put together, I unpublished. It's one of the few times I've unpublished things. I unpublished some of my sexy writing. I cleaned it up. I made it a little bit longer. I popped it in an ebook format. I used Canva, one of my favorite tools, to create a semi-sexy cover. And I made a workbook and I made that the lead magnet. If you sign up for my newsletter, you get this free sexy read. The, the concept works. It works though, if you are creating, I think, in an effort to build an audience for a specific purpose. Like it's not something that I think every sex blogger should do. If a sex blogger does it, you need to know why you're doing it. Um, uh -huh. What is the purpose? Um, I think 
after some conversations Molly and I have been having over things like Patreon and some other like censorship kind of things, we probably do need to spend more time talking about email newsletters because that is your direct access to your audience. And so then regardless of the type of content you create, that could be a tool that you use. Uh, Online courses, it is a dream of mine. And I think it's safe to say probably Molly too, as a fellow Smartlancer, we want to do online courses that's on our list. At Loving BDSM, I want to do online courses. I want to do these things that bring people in and grow the audience, but that only works if you know why. So if you are a sex blogger who's already just struggling to figure out what you're gonna create and how often you're gonna create it, we'll be talking about that question in a few minutes. This might not make sense, but if you are, it can be on your long-term plan, but it's not something I'd be stressing about today. If you feel pretty comfortable with your routine and what you're doing, and you have some long-term plans and you're working towards those goals, and you're just like, yeah, but I just wanna like grow the audience, or I want uh, an email list that I'm going to do something with, then yes, I think that regardless of niche, it it works, you can do it, but you need to know why and you need to know what you're gonna do with that. You need to spend time thinking about what you're gonna give somebody, like what is quote good enough, that's put commas, uh, quotes around that, uh, to entice somebody to let you be all up in their inbox. Like many of us have become very jaded to to email offers. We're like, oh my God, everybody wants our email. And so some of us are much picky, much more picky about who we subscribe to and why we subscribe to them. Um, I also have been the person who went off and said, yes, I'm gonna do this lead magnet. I'm gonna create this thing. I'm gonna build this email uh, list and then never sent anything out, never did anything with it. And it was wasted effort that never went anywhere. Um, So yes, it can be done. Um, I don't think it's something that every sex blogger needs to stress out about. I think it works best when you not only know what your offer would be, but know what your goal is. What are you trying to accomplish and what are you going to do with whatever your lead magnet is? Are you trying to get email addresses? I highly recommend that. What are you going to do with it? Monthly email, weekly email, what are you going to do? But it is harder for us because Every tool we try to use, we have to read the terms of service like we're a freaking lawyer and most of us are not. (laughs) So the options available to us to do these things are more limited. So that's what I have Mm -hmm. to say about that. What do you have, Molly? Yeah, I think I just want to um, pick on, like I've I've written three little points down. You kind of touched on it. I'm just going to like hammer down a little bit on platforms using alternative platforms so uh, loads of these um non-sex type uh bloggers the things that they're recommending that you do or giving you advice to do um involves using other platforms so for example um a newsletter platform the one that springs to mind is mailchimp there are other ones available um they're not really adult friendly and that actually makes it really complicated. Like, how do you deliver that? Um, they are, I mean, Eroticon, which isn't even adult, like we're a conference. Um, they, um, can't, they, they deleted us off or they, um, shut down our account on MailChimp. Um, and will not answer any of my emails as to why. They just say you did, you breached the terms of service. Um, and so, I mean, luckily you can download your uh, subscriber list from MailChimp, but that's it. Like, so you've got to find some other system to develop, to deliver that. So it's much harder to, often 
to deliver the content in the way that non-sex related blogs are doing so another example is the whole webinar thing now it's quite easy to run webinars that are live but the minute you are trying to host content so you want to host a webinar um that maybe covers you know elements of adult content well where do you you need a hosting platform because probably the chances are your little blog on shared hosting is not going to have the juice to do that and you want it to deliver well you want the video to come across well and so then straight away you run into the problem of like where do i host that content um because lots of places aren't going to let you because you said the word sex um, or, you know, I'm oversimplifying there. So yes, there is value, but watch out because a lot of what people recommend you that you can use, the tools that you can use, as, as Kayla said, are either absolutely not open to you or are only open to you in a very, very, uh, limited specific way or they kind of basically re- result, uh, rely on you, like essentially changing what you do. Um, which is shit by the way but is the world that we live in and all of this is down to payment processors by the way if anybody wants to know why i could rant on about that for another 20 minutes but we'll gloss over that um the other thing to be aware of when developing particularly like newsletter or gaining people's data which is what you're essentially doing is you need to be really aware of the law around that now and so with gdpr in the um in europe and the there's what there's a bill in uh law in california now the name of which has gone out of my head um which is similar to gdpr but it's all about how you store process what you use people's data for and that they know and stuff like that so you do need to be compliant with those things like if you're asking for people to put their email in you do have to say very specifically what you're going to be using it for, how you're going to be contacting them and when. Those are like um, stipulations of those um, pieces of legislation. So that is something to consider. Um, obviously, that's the same whether you're a non-sex blogger or sex blogger. So people should have considered that. But there are lots of people breaking the law currently, I see in the non-sex world particularly, who are harvesting people's data and asking for data that in order to do things and that's one of the things that like gtpr says is that you're not allowed to say well you can buy this thing but you have to subscribe to our newsletter in order to buy the thing um you know in the in someone's shop um and i actually came across that recently um in somebody who was selling their um their course and so it was like um, you sign up to the course, but then you had to subscribe. You had to give them this certain amount of information. And it was like, actually that, like you can't have a, like you can only buy it if you give me your like information beyond that's needed to process your transaction. So anyway, I won't go into that because it's really, really complicated, but uh, do the research around that stuff about looking, um, storing and looking after people's data because that's relevant. And then just your general, the point about um, is there value 
Um, do you think the things that pop up in non-sex niche blogging works in sex blogging too, or is the field more personal? So I think there is a can be a lot of value in looking at what other people do, reading, getting lots of people have developed ideas and have advice about that's blogging related or um, developing your career uh, developing your income streams all those things I think there's a great deal of value to be had there but I think that you have to be realistic about how well it transfers because of those other limitations so yes there is value but you often have to hugely adapt it and you actually often have to just throw it out because you have to say no that's not possible like one of the things an example i will use is that lots of bloggers talk about developing a facebook community um for your project that's essentially not open to you if you are going to either a link to your site that is adult or actually quite often even like they are actually facebook is now actually policing words um and so there are you know words that you can't say on facebook anymore they will get you booted off um or suspended for a period of time or whatever and certainly get your group shut down so that's an example where their non-sex blogging um advice like oh develop a facebook group you get this really good community going and then you can use your community to maybe sell your your products whatever that may be your services you can't do that you can't do that if it's based around adult content it's not Facebook is not an option for you. However, can you take the idea and develop it maybe in some other way and use a different type of platform? Potentially, but all these platforms are a minefield because they all are fairly anti-adult content. My only other final word to say is also watch out about creating content on other people's platforms and um that there's a huge risk there so an example of a platform that i want to use is at the moment is medium and a lot of people are starting to use medium more because you can create you can get revenue there you can get an income stream through medium if you are out there using medium making money fair play and writing adult content fair play to you i'm absolutely great like keep doing it But for God's sake, every single thing you have written, please make sure you've got it saved in a Word document somewhere on your computer. Do not assume that the content that you have posted on Medium is safe because it's not. Medium, my suspicion, at some point, they will change, they will tighten up like all these places do. At the moment, they're like, okay, with written content. But at some point, they'll change their mind um, because they all fucking do. You just have to look at, at what's happened in the past. Um, so for Christ's sake, if you have, if you're writing stuff on somewhere like Medium and making money, then absolutely power on. But please make sure you've got that content saved somewhere else um, and are not relying on Medium to be the place where you save and store your content. Because there's nothing to say that tomorrow they won't actually say, you know what, all this stuff you wrote here that we deem, deem adult content, we've deleted all of it. Sorry and goodbye um if you haven't saved it anywhere you've maybe written months worth years worth of work on medium and you haven't saved it somewhere and so you can't like repurpose it you can't start off somewhere else again you've lost all those words you've written so yeah watch out other platforms it sucks bit producing adult content in that regard the only thing i will a couple things i'll add to is one to say uh, absolutely uh more than 
any other um, online creative thing, uh, if you intend to make your money from smut lancing in whatever way you define that, even more than any other industry genre niche, you have to have multiple streams of revenue because if yeah. you are piggybacking off of any platform that you, any platform you don't directly control and or a tool yeah. that has like, mm, is it adult friendly? We don't know. They're not real clear. Um, at any point they can shut down and that stream of revenue is cut off. So yeah. um, as much as you can host yourself and do yourself great, I understand why we want to use these other tools. I absolutely want more people to make tools for adult content. Again, Molly is completely correct. The problem with this is the payment processors more than anything else. Um, so um, just know you have to have multiple streams. You cannot rely on just one, especially when it's somebody else's platform. Um, the other thing I would say is quite frankly, part of the reason that the Smut Lancer is born and why I have, I have so many freaking goals for it. Thank God for Molly. So we can have goals together. Um, cause I couldn't do it on my own. Um, is because I was using the, the non-sex, uh, sites that were talking about writing. They were talking about making money online. They were talking about creating content, building an audience, building revenue streams. And I was having to filter all of that information through my sex translation part of my brain to go, okay, well, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram are out. Just don't even pay attention to some of right. that. The minute someone mentions those as a solution, right? It, I'm like, and no. So I've been, I've spent my entire now sex writing career doing that translation. And I'm trying desperately to create a space where you don't have to translate, but part of the problem is that the tools are minimal. So sometimes I have to recommend a tool that I know could be adult friendly. MailChimp, I had several people tell me that MailChimp was adult friendly and then they booted me yeah. off too. Um, I I use um, email platforms now that technically aren't adult friendly, but because of the way I create my content and the content I'm promoting through them, they allow it because I'm not connecting to sexy pictures. There's no nudity, so they're okay with it. So it's like I'm, playing within the confines of their stated rules the day I asked, but mm -hmm. it could go away tomorrow. And so that is, I, um, I, the other reason I created uh, Loving BDSM and the Smut Lancers apart from a sex blog is I wanted to see, could I take some of the things I was learning from, you know, these big mainstream sites that are teaching you how to market and how to build audiences, could I apply some of those things and make them work? And I was like, well, let me try this with a clean slate because some of these things just don't necessarily in my mind apply to sex blogging because it is inherently personal and is a little bit different. Um, but yes, I think the tools, the, the things, some of the things suggested can translate into an adult world, but, um, it's, it's, it's different. It's not a one-to-one -one translation. You can't whole cloth, take this advice you've read on, um, marketing your, um, your food blog and apply it automatically completely to your sex. Uh -huh. It just doesn't work that way. Um, but we are working on those things and want to talk about those things more. So hopefully we can be a resource for people who want to do that. Okay, so let uh, thank you for that question at Queer Courtesan if you want to follow them on Twitter. Let me go to the next question. These questions come from Quinn Rhodes uh, at on Queer Street on Twitter. Okay, so um, I'm going to start with 
the, uh, Quinn has a few questions. I'm going to start with one, and then we'll work through the rest. The, this one is the one I'm like, oh, I think we can, I think we can answer this one pretty well. What is your number one tip? Okay, so we've already been confined. We're only allowed to give one tip each. <laughs> Are we capable of it? I don't know. Let's find yeah. out. What's your number one tip to overwhelmed smut lancers who have no idea where they should start with their incredibly long to-do list? Molly, I'll let you go first on that one. Um, pick three things off it that um, feel like the most important slash pressing or alternatively that you feel like perhaps you can achieve on that day. So have your big long list and literally take three things off it, put them on a separate list and be like, today I'm going to do those three things and put the other list aside, like turn it over, don't even look at it. Your goal is to achieve the three things. That's it. None of Nothing else on the list matters today. That's a really good one tip. And I want, I have two things come to mind. And so either I have to cheat or I have to decide which one's most important. Okay, so... The thing that came to mind when I first saw this question, though, I think I'm going to go with this answer because it was the first thing that came to mind, was when you're deciding what to do in a given day from your to-do list, first of all, I completely agree with Molly, pick three, pick five, pick a manageable number. Some days that might be two. It's okay. But in deciding, because I can already hear the follow-up question, well, how do I decide which ones? Think about how you feel that day. And here's, and this, just bear with me, this is how I do it, Okay. If I know I'm really focused and I've got time and I've, I can like really be um, putting all my energy into it, I will pick a task or two that requires focus and attention, uh, creating deep, deep pieces of content that were like, it's going to take me a couple of hours to do it, do working on a big project that requires a lot of focus. On days when I know <laughs> my head is not in that space, it's a rough day. There are things going on. I'm feeling a little frantic. I'm busy with other things. Ah, that day I'm going to focus on the things I can get done, get done quickly that give me a sense of accomplishment. So unfortunately, I don't always have the luxury of looking at my to-do list and deciding some of those things are going to happen that day. It's like, that's my to-do list for today. Right. When I'm having that moment of, oh, oh, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Can I get it all done? I don't know. I start with the things that I can get crossed off the quickest, the easiest, because then I get the sense of accomplishment that I'm getting stuff done. On the days when I'm under deadline, I go with what is on deadline first. Always try to meet your deadlines first. But on the days when I'm much more calm and relaxed and I'm like, oh, this is a day where I don't have a lot of other things pressing on me then I might pick the things for my to-do list that are more energy intensive. So to the best of your abilities, my number one tip would be when you have a really long to-do list and there's no way you're going to get it all done, you have to pick and choose. Pick and choose first with deadline, second based on your energy levels and where your head's at that day to give yourself a sense of accomplishment. Because sometimes that Monday was really bad, but I felt good because I got four small things crossed off my list. And that makes mm -hmm. me feel good. So that tomorrow, tomorrow, mm -hmm. Tuesday is a better day. I'm only going to get one thing done on that list. But mm -hmm. I, that's okay because that's one good thing, one important thing, one meaningful thing. And I know on Monday I got four things done. And I fought to when you can, when you have the luxury, follow your energy levels. And also I would say, I think I think Molly would agree with this. We all have impossibly long to-do lists that we will never finish. I promise you, the day I die, oh, I'll yeah. be on the way to the funeral 
And I'll be like, but no, I can't be buried today. I have things to do. Like, <laughs> right. totally going to happen. So you're definitely not alone. Uh, anything you want to add before I move on, Molly? No, okay. I think you're right. I think uh, what yeah, as that was the one thing to add is, yeah, the three things that you pick, make sure at least one of them is something that at the end of the day, you're going to be so happy you did it and finally crossed it off your list. Like, you know, like there's that kind of feel good feedback where then you're like, oh, the next day I can do three more or whatever. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Okay. So the next question is also from Quinn and it's a little bit of a series of questions. So I'm going to say them all uh, once and then we'll get into it. The questions are, how important is consistency when it comes to trying to blog once, twice, three times a week? Does it matter if posts go out on the same day or not? Does it matter if they go out at the same time on those days or not? Does it matter if there is similar content on each of the days? And now the way I interpret that question, because it's dear and dear to my heart, is basically about scheduling your content and whether that matters or not. And I don't even just mean scheduling by time, but... The way I used to do it was I knew on Mondays I wrote about this and on Tuesdays I wrote about that. I was very much a schedule nerd. Um, so do you want to, do you have thoughts immediately, Molly? You want to jump I in? Do, I do, yeah. So I think there's two things here. There's about whether your your consistency for you personally and then there's about consistency on the sense of like readership and um, making those folks feel comfortable about what you're like when they're expecting you to do your thing so uh as far as for you like consistency for you in other words keeping you blogging keeping um a pattern and an output a productivity that you're comfortable with then i absolutely think that having consistency and um setting those targets for yourself and deciding when you're going to do them is really good and helpful so it's saying you know what i'm going to make sure that i post a minimum of two days a week and i'm always post on a wednesday or a sunday those are my minimum i i want i would like to do more and i aim to do more but that's the absolute bare minimum um what, and that whatever you decide that could be it could be that you know what I'm always going to do three days a week I'm always going to do Monday Wednesday Friday those are my three I always do those da 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 so that's about setting your your consistency goals for yourself in order to help keep you going and um, producing content and carrying on always add in a little little sprinkle of self-forgiveness So if you need to adapt your consistency goals for you in order to get on with your life or to be happy or to, you know, for your own mental health or whatever, then forget you're allowed to literally say, I had this goal where I was three days a week. It's too much for me. I can't maintain it for whatever reason. And so I'm now changing my goal and I'm adapting it to two days a week or one day a week or whatever it is that you adapt to. That's absolutely fine. So forgive yourself that and go, well, that was too much. So I'm going to do this for now and I might come back and review it in three months time or six months time or whatever. So give yourself space for some flexibility and some self-forgiveness. Now, on to the next part of it, like putting the content out. So for other people, like you have said here, um, does it matter if this post goes out on the same day or not? Um, I think that lots of people, that readers, like that consistency. They like to be like, oh, today is the, you know, they know, they expect it. 
And yet, there'll probably be loads of readers. If you could ask your readers, they would probably go, I don't know, when you do it. Just when you do, I notice you've done it. So, like, it's one of those things I actually think subconsciously they probably do. Um, And I think that regularity um, absolutely can build audiences, like, where they know, like, it's always on Friday or, you know, you always do that so-and-so thing on Monday. Like, it's particularly if you have, like, well, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. Like on Monday, I always write a, a um, erotic story, a dirty story. Whereas on Fridays, I write a more personal journey. There'll be people who will know, oh, I like the personal journey ones. I go and read on Fridays. I'm not really into the erotica and vice versa. So I like, I think that can help with like building audiences and expectation. Um, does it matter if they go out on the same time of day or not? Um, it can affect the um, initial traffic spike that you get from publishing a post the time of day that you publish it and we are now going to ask me when when is that time molly when 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 what is the magic time from the magic spike i want the magic spike who were um the answer to that is you need to tinker about and find that for yourself uh based on some things for example, where are the predominant um, your audience predominantly based? So is that actually the vast majority of your readers based in the UK or are the vast majority of your readers based in the United States? Are the vast majority of your readers based in Europe? Um, like those things will help to inform that answer. Um because if you, for example, are like, oh, loads of my readers are in the US, the vast majority of my readers are in the US, and I post at 8am on a Monday morning UK time, the vast majority of the US is snuggled up having a good old snoozer poos at that time because they are still all in their beds. And so maybe you are missing out on that um, initial traffic spike that publishing a post um, brings because of that and so that's something i would suggest that you can like tinker around with yourself and again i'm going to say self-forgiveness because if first like you're on a wednesday and wednesday is your publishing day and you've had a really big day but you really want to stick to your schedule and you realize that oh my god this is me last night by the way it's literally two minutes to midnight and you still haven't published your post and it's a really rubbish time of day to publish a post but it was important to me to stick to my schedule. Also, particularly, it's February Photo Fest. Um, and so I published it. It didn't fit in with what I would normally do on that day, the time of day I would normally publish. And I'll tell you now, that post has not got the initial traffic spike that it normally would on a Wednesday. Because I put it out at like, I think actually, like, I think it went just after midnight. But that didn't matter because I posted it for a reason to me, to help to with my... Um, content creation how i feel about it so in those situations like allow yourself those spaces to go uh, uh, i'm still going to do it even though it's not like the optimal time of day like it doesn't matter if you it's important to you to put it out put it out you can then pimp it later on at what you perceive is maybe a better more optimal time of day so you can be like well i posted this at five minutes past midnight because it was important for me to get out but actually most of the people my followers haven't seen it so i'm actually going to schedule a series of tweets the next morning or the next afternoon when i think those peak times are and draw attention to the fact that that post went out at midnight because i was let's just go with the word busy
Um, um, and there was one other thing. What did you say? Does it matter what time of day those girls are? Does it matter if there is similar content on each day? Like, I think I kind of, I think I touched on that. Again, like, if you have a routine, if you're particularly like, if, perhaps if we talk about you using the memes um, as a framework a little bit for what you produce. And so Monday, you tend to produce Masturbation Monday content. Maybe that's the day that you write erotic fiction. And... um Wednesday is the day when you tend to write a more self-reflecting or non-fiction post, then I think that that can be helpful for you in the sense of your um, um, your content creation and the patterns and waves and like your headspace of like, okay, so today it's this thing. So that can be helpful to keeping you on task and actually making it easier to produce content because you've kind of framed yourself already what it is you're going to do. Um, and also, as I said, for the reader. So I think I kind of touched on that. I hope. Uh, how am I doing? I think I'm, I think I've covered it. Uh, take it away from me. Okay. Um, I would say one i agree completely i mean i probably sound like a broken record i agree with molly what molly said let me add to that so i'm going to speak from the perspective of somebody who for a few years uh blogged on a very strict schedule meaning every single day of the week had a topic had a theme i knew monday was masturbation monday i knew tuesday was I was doing something for a while. I, I changed it up over time. Wednesday was Wicked Wednesday. Thursday was Shameless Promotion. Friday was this. Saturday was that. Sunday was this. And sometimes that meant that I had seven posts a week. I was publishing every day. I had content for each of those days. That worked for me because it at the time because it took the thought out of it. If I knew what right. day it was, I knew what... You were like, I'm in that zone. I know what to do. If I had something else, like burning a hole in my brain, I could still create that content. And then I just scheduled it for the day of the week it went with. Where it felt like it fitted, right. right. Um, when you're in a position where you can, you have that sort of luxury to be creating content far enough in advance that you can schedule it, then you can pick your time based on a lot of those factors. So like, I agree with Molly, you've got to play with what your best time is. There's also, if you're going to play with timing, um, it's also about the experience you want your audience to have. Some of that is you bringing them along. Let me give you an example. Uh, I do not schedule a lot of content anymore. I do Monday content does tend to be scheduled. Um, the Smut Lancer podcast, I try to schedule to come out between 8 and 8.30 in the morning. Why? Because East, Eastern time in the U.S., that's when people are getting up and they're on their commute. So maybe they can listen to the Smut Lancer podcast while they're in the car and they're, I'm going to get them. But also I know that's a great time because that's UK midday and maybe yeah. they're at lunch. Maybe they'll listen to it on their commute home. I don't know. Um, yeah. And I did that on purpose. I wanted that to be the first thing out. It was like a good Monday morning. Here we go. The work week has started. Whatever. Um, and, but for the Living BDSM podcast, I schedule that at local time midnight. My thinking being... When somebody wakes up in the morning, I want us to be there. It's there at the top of their face. I know. we. Those episodes are an hour to an hour and a half minimum. People need time if they're going to try and listen to the whole thing. I want, and, mm -hmm. I, and I also wanted to create the experience that they woke up and there was the podcast, right? That was, that was an experience I was trying to foster. Now, if that 
bombed and nobody ever listened in the first day or so, then maybe you'd have tinkered with it. it. But I didn't, I didn't look at any metrics. I decided, I thought to myself, what, what, what experience Mm -hmm. do I want them to have? I love schedules. I love routines. I love taking the thought process out of what am I going to do today? I have kind of done that with the Sweat Lancer website, Loving BDSM website, day to day publication days. I kind of know what kind of topic it'll be. But what I want to say about all that is that it can paralyze you. It can actually become detrimental. You can go too far the other direction. So I had that seven day a week schedule for my personal blog. And instead of telling myself self, that just means if you're going to create content today, it can be about this. I actually said, oh my gosh, I have a schedule for seven days a week. So I must have content for seven days a week. And you're right. I made myself nuts. I made myself just, I I overwhelmed myself. Um, I Uh also sort of freaked out because there were several days where the content I wanted to create had nothing to do with the schedule. And normally a one-off, I would just schedule it in advance. Well, I had four or five blog posts that didn't fit anything. It wasn't wasn't sexy. It wasn't this, it wasn't that. And I, I mean, I'm a grown ass woman who sat at her computer and went, so when am I going right, to hit follow publish? The, right. <laughs> and I think I've certainly done that. Like I've followed my rules that I've imposed on myself. Uh, uh, I've made my life harder or stop me. Like I, I've totally been there and done that. Like that's why I said like bit of self-forgiveness, some or like allow there to be space for adaption. So yes, try to set up routines. Routines are good for productivity. They, yes. And they're great um, for habit but, building for sure. Right. And which is also good for productivity. But um, yeah, always have that little thing on the sort of like that little, I don't know, sprinkle, sprinkle fairy, fairy forgiveness if needed. And yes, I'm allowed to adapt this and and change my own rules for myself before I run screaming out of the room <laughs> or like rocking in the corner or whatever, like, cause but I've been there, done that. Um, yes. And so and the thing I want to s- be mindful of that. stuff. Yes. And the thing I want to say specifically to the question, um, the way Quinn asked the question, does it matter? Mm-hmm. Be very careful how you, f- per- uh, this is not you just Quinn. This is all, all y'all. Okay. It only has to matter to you and it only needs to matter while it serves you. Um, If you find yourself getting like I tend to do um, becoming very focused and sort of obsessive with the schedule must meet the schedule. I said I would post by eight o'clock and it makes you feel bad. Then that does that needs to not matter. It matters too much. And now it's detrimental. Um, There are there always will be people in your audience who do love to know that that content is coming out at a specific time. They are setting their clock by it and they will, I assure you, cause they have with me message you in some way and go, but, but where's your, where's your piece of content that I was waiting on? You usually publish it at, and one, that's an amazing feeling to have somebody who's waiting on your content. You are doing something yeah. right. Also, you do not have to tear yourself in two to fit an arbitrary schedule. The person who loves your content that much, they're going to watch it or read it or listen to it if you put it out 
a day late, an hour late, 12 hours late, it'll be okay. Um, the other thing I do want to say, because this is different from writing, but for anybody who's ever thinking about doing different kinds of content, the one time the time matters is if you are setting sort of an event style thing for content. Case in point, John Brownstone and I do a live stream every week where we're recording the podcast episode and I like content to do double duty. So it is also a live stream event. So people can watch it, get the information early, participate in an event. The schedule matters. Doesn't mean the schedule can't change. One week a month, we have to change the time because of our lives. But if we say we're gonna be there at noon, we have set an expectation and we need to be there at noon. If we can't be there at noon, we have to like say something. We can't just like go, I don't feel like it today because at that point you've just made a commitment to your audience that you're gonna show up at a time. Right. So if you're telling your audience, hey, I'm gonna live tweet this thing. I'm going to put this great piece of content that I've created a buildup for. I'm trying to get you excited about this content and I'm gonna put it out at this time then at that point, yes, it absolutely matters because you've now created an expectation. Be careful of how often you do that and only commit to the things while they work for you. So if there, when there comes a point like this summer, I'm, we're not gonna do a noon podcast live stream from home that won't work with our lives. We have to change that, but we're going to let people know, we're going to set a new expectation, you know, but, Mm -hmm. That time is not set because I can make all the people happy either. So that's the other thing to be careful of, of trying to find the exact perfect time to publish something, to put something out, to do a thing. You will never have the perfect time. You can just only create the best time for you as it works right now. So there are a lot of variables to that. Um, I would say truly try to know yourself well enough to know that is this going to become a, a thing you're obsessive about and it doesn't help you? then maybe worry about it less. If you know yourself well enough to know, oh wow, if I can create a schedule and a routine and a time frame and a this and a that, and that will keep me on track while I build the habit and I become consistent, then use it while it works for you. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of variables that go into it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's it for our questions this yep. month. Yay. Thank you, everybody who submitted questions. Um, just a reminder, you can submit questions all month long, not just when we're begging for them on social media, just to let you know. Uh, at thesmutlancer.com, there is a page called Ask the Smut Lancer. It's just a contact page. You type your question in, send it to us by email. Um, you can ask a question in a blog post comment. You can DM us. You can tweet at us. You can whatever us, um, and we'll compile all of those. But like I said at the top of the show, if you want to get quicker answers to your questions, you can join us on Patreon, through Patreon, mm -hmm. patreon.com slash the smutlancers. Most of the action actually happens in Slack and Skype. Um, we use Patreon for the platform, but we don't, that's not where we're holding conversations. So patreon.com slash the smutlancers. Um, we would love to have you uh, come along, be part of our community, grow together, learn together, share what you know, learn from others, all that good stuff. Uh, we appreciate everybody's questions. Thank you so much. I will be back next week. Just me, very lonely without without my best work wife, Molly. And then we'll take a break and we'll be back at the beginning of April. So that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.